0: It is podcast time, hockey fans. Thank you for watching this Dan K. Show production presented by the Pueblo Bulls.
1: Hello, hockey fans, and welcome back to the most watched show in junior hockey. It's the Dan K. Show. The Dan K. Show, of course, made up of, well, two people. The Dan K. Show universe made up of multiple people spanning multiple different, you know, interview types, content, spanning different interviews different coverage zones different parts of the country you can get it all in one feed and then as these podcasts grow the dan k show universe gets just a little bit bigger but for right now we're focused on just two guys two humble hosts of the most watched show in junior hockey one slightly less humble than the other one you know me, you know Lucas Jones, the one who intros you, and usually after I'm done with my intro, which I always make up on the spot, even though I know it's coming, I usually introduce another man, another myth, another legend, the hero of low-A baseball in western Florida, Dan K. Dan, welcome to the show. Um, how many low-A ballparks are you going to have a statue of you built outside of by the end of the season?
0: I mean, I've got the possibility of nine, and I I like in your introduction, there, Lucas, you pointing out just the lack of humility on your end and the just ample amounts of uh, just humble on mine. And as I say to to most folks, you know, you'll never find someone more humble than me. I, I believe that I am the most humble person on the planet. I don't think anybody can outdo me when it comes to humility and my ability to humble myself and others when needed um and that's something that i'm really proud of uh and definitely do better than everyone else
1: but i will humble you (laughs) because i myself am humble and we (laughs) must all be humble together
0: i'm so humble that people look at me and they go man i gotta get humble too because this guy's so humble but no low a ballparks it's kind of been my thing this uh I would say this summer, but I really was late to the party here. I'm living about 10 minutes away from Clearwater, Florida, where the Phillies single A low ball team is. And there's, of course, there's there's spring training around here. There's there's a ton of spring training. Mm -hmm. It's Florida. Half of the MLB does their spring training down here. So what do they do? They use these ballparks for low A rookie ball which to me has such a junior hockey vibe to it that I've been missing out on this whole time. I mean, I was just in left field in Clearwater watching a, a young prospect play as he was chirped by 20 of his good buddies who all knew him very well and knew very detailed things to chirp him about while he tried to play left field. Guys batting 333 in low A ball and he still got to deal with his buddies chirping him. And then you look at Dunedin I mean, I'm five minutes away, Lucas, from what was the home of the Toronto Blue Jays for half the season last year. I don't know how they played home games in that stadium. No (laughs) offense to the stadium. It's tiny. And, I mean, it's crazy, though. It's super fun. For those of you who are baseball fans looking for something to do, you ever want to go down to Florida, go to Arizona, go to California, a lot of low-A ball, Carolina League as well. It's fun baseball, man, fun time, good good family fun there, but – Let's get into hockey, Lucas. We're talking about World Juniors this week. The IIHF World Junior Championships in Canada, August this year. A Different shape. You, you can't play an outdoor game in August, Lucas. doesn't matter where you are. You, you can't do it. So you're not going to get that Buffalo Bills atmosphere this time around at, at the, this Ralph Wilson Stadium. But you're going to get hockey action when World Juniors comes to town, no matter what. I got to ask you, Lucas, four games in, you've watched a lot of it. Who do you think's had the easiest time so far adapting to playing at the highest level on the biggest stage as a country, as an, as an organization so far at the World Juniors in the August hours?
1: Well, I mean, you, you look at the, the standings, right? And, and you see some familiar names at the top, obviously Canada in Group A, the U.S. in Group B. But I, I think one of the the hallmarks of a team that adjusts really well is, is the defensive aspect. And I, I think, obviously, I'm biased towards a team that plays defense well. I like watching the defensive action on these games. But I think at this level, the defense is still something that a, a lot of, not a lot of, but I think the defense is still something that sometimes you see get a little bit lax. Um, especially when you see a game that can get a little overmatched, right? And when you see games that are, you know, kind of out of balance, you tend to nitpick. But I, th- I think something where the defense starts to get a little bit lax, you start to let some pucks get through some turnovers near their own zone. I know a couple of games have had some bad passes on line changes that have been resulted in some goals. I think in terms of teams that have done really well in the defensive end, and it shows, is Finland and Sweden, obviously second place in both of their groups, uh, Sweden in Group B, Finland in Group A. But you look at Sweden, in four games played, they've only given up seven goals, right? And that's that's good for tied for the second best uh, goals against with Canada, first place in Group A. So I think there's something to be said for a team in the World Juniors that can play lockdown defense. Um, it really helps out the forwards when they start to get pressured. You know, when you have a skill-based set of forwards, how many times do you see it? Skill gets locked down by physicality, and the defense doesn't pick up the slack, and all of a sudden you know, uh, you're, you're locked in a, in a 3-3 battle trying to get to a slugfest towards the end. Um, so I like what Finland and Sweden have done. And uh, the, the Czech game against Canada, I think, was an interesting one too. Canada coming away with a four-goal differential on that. But, you know, still a good representation for a Czech team that I'm sure we'll talk about later as they're first up against the Americans.
0: Yeah, and that's what you got today. As you're watching this, we're gearing up for quarterfinal action. That USA versus Czech Republic game a lot of times when you look at going 4-0 and in group play here at the World Juniors, Lucas, you might be looking at a laugher in that quarterfinal side. But I don't think that there are laughers this go around. And you look at this Czech Republic team. This is a team that uh, they gave Canada all they could handle. And what was a game that I, I think was closer on ice than it is on paper, although the shots on goal total did, uh, as, as it seems to always do, lean heavily in advantage of the Canadian side.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I think you you start to look at those overmatched games, and like I said, you you tend not to want to you know try to nitpick at them, right? And and kind of say to yourself, oh well, you know, you just have to take it at face value. But I I think you're right. I think there were some good shots on goal. There are some good opportunities, and you know if you just look at if you just look at those totals, right? How many times do you see an overwhelming shots on goal that doesn't tell the whole story, right? And you're trying to find as much as you can out of these first three games to give you some insight here. Uh, and I think it's something worth looking at.
0: Yeah. And, and you look at Germany, Lucas, that's where I want to go next. To you. As we talk about on the Dan K show, we always talk about growing the game, right? And the German side right now at world juniors, this is a team that a five, one tough defeat to USA to start this thing off. I mean, USA came out of the gates hot. They couldn't be stopped, man. And and the puck wasn't finding its way home. That's a 5-1 game that could have been 10-1, right? But you look at a win over Austria, a close win over Switzerland, who Switzerland's had, had their number of times, and Sweden, a 4-2 game to finish this thing off. I mean, they've been playing some tight hockey. They've been blocking shots. They've been getting the job done. One of the places they failed is the PK at only a 67% success rate, killing off those penalties. But They go into a game early in the day here against Finland, Lucas, and obviously Finland, they have become one of the powers, if not the power in IAHF hockey overall with the way that they're able to handle team USA at at every level of the game, Canada as well. This is going to be a tougher game than you think though, for Finland. I think this German team can battle.
1: Yeah. I mean, as, as a, as a fan of usa hockey finland definitely is always terrifying uh, i think there's you know there's there's some some history there and i think you know you look at what they've done if you watch the game you see how tough they are i mean for the for the germans you look at their toughest opponent i think you look at when the germans played the swedes and you you know you see the germans come in with a with a goal initially To kind of take an advantage. They end up losing the game. But I think the Germans, they play a very difficult style to match with. Um, They don't quit. I mean, this... Every single time they give up a goal in that game, they try to bounce right back. They play with a decent amount of physicality. They play with a good amount of energy. And then you look over at Finland, right? Losing by three to Canada. But again, you try to base these games off their toughest opponent possible. I think the big thing for me is going to be... How does Finland kind of get out early? How do they really try to push the issue early in the game? Because the Germans, they like to try to get out in front if they can. Um, I think for Finland, that's going to be the key. The key is going to be to get the puck to your skill, guys. Try to get it in as deep as you can. Try to wear out the German team. I mean, Finland has a ton of skill, right? That that much we're, we're not really concerned about here. You've got guys who are, are pretty regularly putting up multi-point games i think you have to look no further than hervin and right now for finland you know finland they they work best when they obviously get the puck to their creators and he is one two goals four assists but i think the biggest stat for me is his his plus minus is sitting at a plus five right now and he has i think gotten himself to a place where you know he can be a creator he can kind of stare down couple of great passes from the blue line. A couple of good times reading the play. I think he's going to be one that is going to have to make an impact.
0: Yeah, the biggest key for Finland, scoring efficiency first overall in the tournament. Power play second overall in the tournament. They've scored on nine of their 16 chances with the extra man. you got to stay out of the box if you're Germany. It's tough to do against this speed and skill. And heck, you got to stay out of the box if Finland advances, which they are favored to do. If you're Team USA, if you're Team Canada, this is a team that can score. If there's one thing about finished sides, they can always finish, Lucas. They can always put the puck in the back of the net and they can do it with flair. Let's get to the top of the two sides, though. You know, Sweden, obviously a player in this one yet again, but Canada and the USA 4-0 and in their respective groups You look at Team Canada, if there is a weak spot, if there is something you can find a way to beat in what is always seemingly an unbeatable Canadian side of the world juniors. It's the fact that they are going to the box a bit more than some of the other top sides, Lucas. But I mean, that's a that's a really small grain of sand to pick out on a a full beach.
1: Yeah, and that, that's the problem, right, is we, you look at a team that's been as as dominant as Team Canada and you have to try to find something, right? You have to try to find something to get there. I mean, their power play has been great. Their PK has been, you'd call it, maybe a little below average, but not for this tournament. I mean, you're seeing teams that are pretty, pretty regularly down in, in the 65 70% of the penalty killing, which I think brings it back to what that defensive effort is, right? I talked about defense early on. Uh, in the podcast, about how important that can be, and, and yes, you look at an 81 penalty kill, and you think to yourself, "Well, that's not that high," but when you compare it to the other teams, you realize that they're they're kind of head and shoulders above that. Um, I don't necessarily see any huge weak points in the schedule, any games that you know. As you look back, you say to yourself, "Well, you know, this game was." was necessarily a a huge blowout. I mean, you have that game against Slovakia, that 11-to-1 game, but I just think in situations like this, those games don't necessarily hold as much weight for me looking towards the next round. Anytime you get into a pool play scenario, you are going to get these unbalanced games, right? You're going to get these games where teams just kind of pile on, right? And, And in some situations, right, that can maybe hide... Issues in a, if you're just looking at things like goal differential if you're just looking at things like overall record You look at Canada's other games and you kind of see a team That is good is consistent But to me doesn't feel as overwhelming as they may have in past years um, I think that could maybe be in be an issue for them if they're not careful Once you get a pool play, it's, you know, you got to win, right? There's no second chances there. So I think for team Canada, you have to try to focus on those fundamentals. Do not turn that puck over the easiest way in world juniors to get behind the eight ball, to start dropping points, to start dropping possessions is to turn the puck over in the neutral zone. And we have seen it already so far this year. Big plays have resulted from bad passes at center ice, right? And when you're an offensively minded team that's for the most part had their way with the opposition, you want to keep moving the puck you want to keep up that tempo right and, and that tempo feels good. But you can't become a robot. And like I said, you've seen it a couple of times already. So I think for Canada that's going to be the key is just to keep that head up. Keep playing smart and don't drop that guard.
0: Yeah, and you look at team Canada, I mean, you start trying to pick those grains of sand. I mean. When you look at Team USA, Lucas, I mean, you're. this is the one event a year where we get to sit here and, you know, you, you have a favorite, right? You, you root for the home side, you root for the home country and in enemy territory up there in Canada, trying to beat what is one of the toughest squads on the planet. You start looking to look and you go, hey, well, the USA got they get a chance to play a close game against Sweden. They got the equine out 3-2. They got that. They got that opportunity to be tested. So maybe they are battle-tested. They're battle-worn. They're, battle they're ready to go. But you look at Team Canada. I mean, they play Finland. They they take 31 penalty minutes in the third period to four total penalty minutes in the game for Finland. They beat them 6-3. And, you know, that was their test. They were just better than the test, right? They, they, they have, they're the guy with the GPA that's 4.7. I still don't know how that works. Lucas is a bad student. But... <laughs> You know this Team USA side. You've got the five-one win over Germany. That was bigger than what it was. You've got the seven-one over Switzerland, the seven-over Austria, three-two over Sweden. I mean, this Czech Republic team tonight is not not a side that's going to go away easily, right? And and we saw that against Canada. You're going to outshoot them if you're Team USA. But what you need to see is the puck find its way to the back of the net. In net, Lucas, I, I think you were talking about Mr. Embarico there, and just a little bit about shot totals. But I mean, we were talking about this off air, and the idea that that you know when you're winning games the way that the team, team USA has been, you might not get battle tested as a netminder. But Embarico's seen 68 shots. I, I think he's seen enough work here. How do you feel about the US? You, you almost said the USPHL, the USA net here going into quarterfinal play and into the tournament.
1: Well, and it's a good point too because you you kind of look at what Emberico has done, and I think I think this is where if you compare the last game, the last game for Canada, six three tough opponent, lot of success. Then you look at the last game for the U.S. three two, tough opponent. I would rather take that three two game. I would rather see Emberico see thirty shots on goal in that last game, right? you would rather have that game right before you start to get into the high pressure situations. I, I like what I've seen out of out of Caden and Net. I think that he plays well in the crease. I think he, he doesn't he doesn't get beat a lot, I think is the big thing, right? You you might see him get beat one on one. You might see you know a couple deflected pucks by him, but like but he is not someone who's going to get beat because he's necessarily out of position too often. Um, Thirty shots on goal in that last game, two goals allowed. Um, that nine three three save percentage always coming in well. I just think that you you're looking at a team that is is more well prepared because they struggled in their last game to find some of that offensive overwhelmingness that Canada has I think for the US they are even less of an overwhelming team and so I think that's the identity they need to have they need to absolutely bury every opponent they face going forward it needs to be shots on net dumping the puck battling behind the net wearing out the other team it may be Dan because we've we've been hurt before in these types of situations as team usa but to me what you don't want to see is you don't want to see a team that that lacks the energy in the second period of play i think that's been the downfall for some of these really big name high expectation teams across a number of tournaments uh you know i i just think that second period of play can be such a game changer where you come out really strong in the first period you think you can skate through and kind of kind of glide through the second and all of a sudden you're down one and you're battling. You you just never want to be down. You you never want to be tied. You want to always keep your foot on the gas. And I think for Team USA, they've got the youth, they've got the energy. Brock Faber has been I mean every bit of of what he was promised for this team coming out of the University of Minnesota, he has been incredible. Um, You know, you look at some of the other guys, I know you had mentioned Luke Hughes, who has done very well. We talked about Embarico. Matt Nyes has been kind of a fixture of this tournament. Uh, If he's not scoring points, he's setting guys up making making really, really great plays. Um, I've also been a huge fan watching Wyatt Kaiser play defenseman number five. I, I Just just a solid player, really fundamentally strong. Always seems to be in the right spot, you know. And do I get caught watching defensemen? Probably, but again, that's my whole worldview. my my whole My whole take on on most things is it starts in the defensive end of the ice. So I think if Y Kaiser and the defensemen can can really keep a tight ship on the back end and let the forwards go to work, I, I think the U.S. should be able to get through this one
0: yeah and it's been fun for us getting to watch Ian Moore play Lucas. this is a guy who played in the EHF back in the day he played a game or two with the Boston Junior Bruins made that move up to the USHL successful with Chicago now playing at Harvard like it's always fun to get to watch the local guys right it's always fun to get a chance to see a guy who has uh, can kind of do it for the hometown right that's the best thing about Team USA hockey yep. it's it, there's no more Gordon Bombay with uh, 95 uh, Minnesotans, right? This is, it, as the game grows, we get a chance to see it.
1: And before we get into how to grow the game internationally, how to grow the game at home, and maybe a couple of ways to get some more of these World Juniors type exhibitions going in future years, let's turn things over to Dan Kay and EJ Raddock talking about Team USA's performance so far and what they can expect now that we're out of pool play. What's going on hockey
0: fans? We have a huge huge guest today, a big one for me. This is my favorite voice in all of hockey. This is a guy that's done just about everything you can do in the game to this point in time. He's he's scouted, he's he's even written articles on the typewriter back in the day and now he is your <laughs> voice of all things hockey on NHL Network and he'll be covering the World Junior Championships starting tonight through the rest of the quarterfinals, semis, everything for Team USA. EJ Craddock, thanks for joining us, EJ.
2: Hey, that's a great intro, and thank you for you know that's so kind. And uh, I've been, I look at it as I've been very just fortunate to to do something that I love for so long. And uh, you're right. I don't know if I I have to go far back to get to the typewriter. But, uh, you know, but I, I probably, I, you know, maybe in college, I used that. I used some, I used some pretty ugly uh, computers and terminals when I was uh, younger. And, you know, we've moved on as, as everyone else has. But thank you so much for that introduce, introduction. It was very kind of me.
0: No, and it's awesome of you to take time out to talk to us. I mean, we were talking before we got on here. USA's had the late schedule here. You've got the 10, 15 p.m. Eastern time puck drop tonight. Big game for Team USA. You'll be on the call. Can you kind of talk about what you're getting ready for tonight? What kind of things you're diving into and what you're looking for at Team USA?
2: Well, uh, you know, for the most part, I mean, we've covered the whole tournament, so I've got to to call the first uh, the preliminary round, the first fall game, four games, along with Dave Starman, and then John Rosen is, uh, you know, on the ground there doing uh, interviews with players. We've got stuff from uh, JP Morosi who does a great job. He does some stuff prior to the tournament and we have some great features with him. So we have a great team. And uh they help certainly uh help me quite a bit. Um and you know, we did the the preliminary round, there were the four games, kind of got uh, you know, I got comfortable with the uh with the American team now, so I know those guys pretty good. And I've been just trying to learn each team as I go. We had the Germans, the Swiss, the Austrians, the Swedes, and now we get on to the Czechs for the uh four you know, the uh, crossover quarterfinal game. And, you know, we'll see how things play out. If all the favorites win, uh, I think Team USA would then play Sweden again. But don't quote me on that because there's a lot of stuff going on in my brain these days. Oh, tell me about it. I,
0: I try to never, in all the tournaments we cover around the country, we try to never tell anybody any factual statements about who advances where. You're smart. You're <laughs> smart. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we look at this so far, you know, what we always love to do, we know the big names in junior hockey, right? But has there been a diamond in the rough on this Team USA side or, or some of you loved and, and enjoyed watching so far that's maybe put themselves on a platform here in August?
2: Well, I'll tell you what, I think all the kids have played very well the first four games. You know, this is summer hockey. They've come together quick. Uh, Normally with the world juniors, you're building towards it, right? The guys go to their respective camps, uh, their colleges, their junior programs, some are in the National Hockey League or the minor leagues. And, you know, you're building towards it. This is completely different. They've kind of come together after a long year. They're usually in training right now and not really in competitive, hard hockey games. And uh, the kids have come together. And I think that's a credit to all the different teams, all 10 teams that competed, no matter how well they performed. I mean, you got thrown into really hard competition. And I think a lot of the kids responded really well. You know, as for the Americans, uh, a lot, you know, I don't get to see, especially the college kids. I don't get to see them play all that much because I'm focused on the NHL, but like someone like Landon Slaggard from Notre Dame, uh, I I have a lot of time for the guys who do all the little things in the game. I mean, uh, it's easy to point out the star players and they're wonderful. They're great. They have unbelievable skill, but uh, hockey is a puzzle. You know, putting a team together, putting lines together, having success is a puzzle and you need all the different pieces to fit. And he's one of those guys that I've watched that he's a great piece because he can play with a lot of different players. He does a lot of little things. He's a selfless player from what I see. And he, you know, he looks like a really good teammate and someone that, uh, you know, you really want to be, you'd like to be sitting next to him in the foxhole. So he's somebody that's impressed me. Uh, Mackie Samuskevich, I thought the other night played really well. A lot of speed. The right side of Team USA's lineup with Coronado and Samuskevich, uh, Mazer. Uh, I mean, those, that's a really strong right side. I've been really impressed with all those guys. And, uh, you know, Caden Amberrico in goal, that was the one guy that, I mean, the, the position, it wasn't the person, but it was the position. They were hoping for Drew Camesso to come back. He's at BU and, uh, he decided that just, he needed the break basically, like some of these guys have done. And, uh, so it fell to, uh, kind of an open position at that point And, and Caden Amberrico has, has kind of taken the, the crease thus far and played very well. So, uh, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for him. He's an undrafted player. He's at Colorado college, um, a great opportunity for him to open some eyes. So there's been a lot of terrific performances. I give the kids a lot of credit.
0: Now you look at this event falling in August this year, have you liked the look of the hockey on the ice? Are we going to start doing like uh, world
2: juniors in Miami and San Diego coming up? I don't, I don't foresee a big change. Uh, I think this was probably a one and done. I think the people who are, you know, follow it year in and year out, they're probably like the fact that it's warmer out and it's not as uh, you know, you're not dealing with frigid conditions in, in different places around the globe. Uh, so uh, I had the good fortune to to cover the World Juniors uh, going all the way back to when I when I first started at ESPN Magazine when they launched in the late '90s, early 2000s. And my scouting background, I had learned the value of the tournament. And here in the United States, it really wasn't something that got a lot of attention at all. And uh, so I was able to talk the my editors at ESPN Magazine into sending me up uh, every year to go as a as an idea of to see who the next star players were. The magazine at that time was kind of branded as like, we were looking for the next players. And so it was a great opportunity to go and, and to see young players, uh, you know, that are going to go on and have great careers. Guys that I saw at my first world juniors in Winnipeg in 1999 are long retired. A lot of them. So, I mean, the, <laughs> The Zidane twins and Scotty Gomez and Brian Gianta and Roberto Lalongo. I mean, I, I could go down, when I, when I really think about it, I could go down a long list of players that I saw in that tournament. But it was a great opportunity to see them and also a great opportunity from uh, a reporting standpoint to talk to scouts, to managers, and to get them a lot of times. You know, when it's in Winnipeg in 99, there are more people there because Canada always responds well to the tournament. But when I subsequently went to Moscow for a tournament or to the Czech Republic or or to Finland or to Sweden, there weren't as many fans around. And I had a real good opportunity to talk to scouts and managers and really learn from them. So the the tournament to me is uh, it's a special tournament. And uh, I'm really kind of honored now to get the chance to call it so many years later.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we always make the joke. We found out last year that every player we cover in junior hockey born after Finding Nemo came out. That was
2: heartbreaking.
0: <laughs> That's telling you, everybody's getting yeah. a little older as we go on, but
2: yes. yeah. you
0: look at it as a parent in the game of hockey, right? And someone who has coached yeah. at the youth ranks and throughout this game. And can you kind of, for, for our fans that watch and our parents and our players who are navigating the system, maybe you've got a, a something for them. I mean, how's your experience been in, in junior hockey and youth hockey? And is there any kind of advice you have for somebody trying to find their players' right path?
2: Yeah, I mean – I would I mean, first of all, it's really hard to navigate because the landscape is constantly changing, especially as you get further up the ladder in youth hockey where, you know, uh, leagues change, teams change, affiliations change. I mean, constantly. So it it make coaches change. I mean, I, I think it's always good if you have, if you could find a good facility, that's a big plus, obviously, to have a good rank and a good facility with the different way ability to train right on the, on the site there. That's a huge plus. I think the biggest thing is if you get good coaching from people, good people, and then good coaching. I mean, those two, that combination is it's hard to beat. I mean, it's hard to find good coaches in my experience and um, depending upon where you are in the world um, really, but if you get good coaches and they are good people, I mean, boy, that is something to really grab onto because it's really helpful for the, for the young people as they try to come up through the, through the ranks. I mean, I would, I would say too, is that, you know, they're, you want to be at the right level. I mean, we did, you know, as, as my son was younger, he got into it a little bit later and, you know, we had those questions about players, you know, <clears throat> teammates and guys that we eventually coached. And, you know, there was that scrambling about what level to be at, you know, triple a, double a, a, where just be at the right level, because whatever that level is, if it's a, that's a good level to be at at that time. If it's double a, that's the right level because you're going to be able to compete. You're going to have the puck on your stick you're going to be able to build confidence and you're going to be able to get better. If you play above your head, people like to think, well, you're going to get, you know, that'll, that'll help you. But I've seen, you don't have the puck, the players are better. You lose confidence, you quit. I mean, that is a path that, that I hate seeing kids go down. So that's the first thing I would tell parents is to have your child be at the right level. There's not, nobody's throwing a party for you because your son is playing double A instead of a, or a triple a instead of double a and most of the time from what i found you know yeah the levels of play are better and as a kid gets better you want to challenge him more but i think there's a time and a place for that you want to be able to have the puck on your stick and gain confidence and try to get better and to continue to develop as a, as a young athlete so you know that's one thing and i would say and then the last thing is just you know, every day when you wake up, if you know, as you get older, like this is the younger kids, they're having fun a lot, so it's a little different. But as you get into that, you know, 16, 17 years of age and, you know, it's really, you know, it starts to really get narrow. Um, all you can really do is, is if you really love it, is to get up every morning and brush your teeth, make your bed, have your breakfast, you know, do your workouts, do your schoolwork, practice yeah. hard be on time for things. I mean, all those little things, get your rest and that's it. And then get up and you know what? You get up the next day, you do it again. And, you know, I've talked to parents about kids when they were 16 and they had ambitions to play at higher levels. And I was like, well, there's what? 300 or there's 720 or 730 days between your 16th birthday and your 18th birthday. What are you going to do in that time? You know, how are you going to approach those days? Because you're going to wake up up a lot different 730 days from now so these are all things to think about obviously things that you think about at different times of of a of a a young person's development but uh you know i think these are all things to keep in the back of your mind
0: ej we thank you so much for taking time out with us you can watch ej Hraddock on nhl now i've got it on every day it's weekdays 4 p.m. Eastern thank Time throughout the season. I'll tell you, the ticker for NHL Network has burned its way into the bottom of my smart TV here. Okay. I TV. Plus, he's well, calling every Team USA game throughout the World Junior Championships, including tonight, 10.30 p.m., Let's Go Team USA, live on NHL Network. EJ, thank you for all you do for the game.
2: Hey, thank you. And uh, keep up the great work because invol- being involved with – I was involved with the USPHL for a couple of years with one of our teams. and you know, kind of know how you guys, uh, you know, take care of things. You provide a real service and it's very entertaining. So thank you for all your good work.
0: Thank you, folks. Keep watching the Dan K show and be sure to tune into NHL network right now. Just turn it on. It's 24 <laughs> seven. And speaking of the game up, Lucas, I wanted to kind of pitch something your way and you tell me if I'm crazy. Okay rather than getting into picking who we think is going to win and talking about Team USA and then Team Canada can rub rub our noses in it when they win it at the end of this (laughs) thing, or most likely Finland, who will upset us before we even get there. But, I mean, what I want to talk about, we look at this, this IIHF setup, and tell me if I'm crazy, okay? I would love to see a world one day where the IIHF, plays these events similar to kind of what we see in the world of soccer or football as they say across the pool as we say here uh you know it's it's the idea of continuing this play rather than having one event right that we hit for 10 days in time mm. allowing some of our our countries out there like the germany's who are trying to regrow that hockey program like switzerland like Some of the Kazakhstan's of the world, some of the Latvians, some of these guys that are trying to grow programs and especially at the youth ranks to get together more often and play Halinka style events. But instead of Halinka style events, instead of all these things, we create almost a year long schedule for these teams to get together and play where you have two week chunks throughout the year at a few different points where maybe you get together with your side and you go play in a regular season, quote unquote, where more of these lower level teams that are in our B level, C level, as we go down the tiers of IHF World Junior Hockey might get a chance to see a Team USA or a Team Canada. Like, yeah, so the scores going to be lopsided from time to time again, of course. But the way we kind of rise to the top is to see what the top looks like, right? And to understand what the climb is going to be up that mountain, I feel like, more hockey is always good hockey. I mean, obviously there's a lot behind it. There's a lot of travel. There's a lot of trying to bring folks together, but if you kind of could create like a world league, like a world junior league that goes along with this event that you can kind of, you still have all your normal events. You still have everything to celebrate the great game, but maybe adding something along the lines of that where year long, we've got a a regular season champ in the uh, the world league.
1: Yeah. I think it's an interesting idea. I mean, we're seeing the trend of leagues going more regionalized anyway right but between you know still still trying to recover from the you know the pandemic and the economic recession that came along with that a lot of teams are choosing to to play a little bit more locally to play more events in their area um you know even with Gas price is absolutely plummeting, right? It's it's not it's not an instant fix for a lot of these these organizations and players so I think I think based on the economic factors of the game and You know, oh by the way as a small little byproduct you get to grow the game Right, and and I, I think it's I think it's a great idea. I, I think one of the things that Obviously one of your obstacles is going to be right like where these players play Generally speaking, like if they have obviously a professional organization, but at the same time, I, I think that there could be an allowance given when you stop thinking about the game and I'm about to, I'm about to, in theory, say something that just contradicts what I just said. While the game is regional and while this idea could start as a regional idea, we should, we should strive not to be hyper regional, right? Only thinking about XYZ professional league, only thinking about xyz junior league this is only the league and the league doesn't care about anything outside of it right there has to be some conversations with the broader hockey community at large instead of you know holding on to what you've got and and thinking that's all you're gonna get right opening the doors a little bit opening opening up to see hey can we all take a two-week break and maybe put together kind of a quick regional 16 plan Right. Yeah. And you I think that's it. a great idea.
0: Yeah. I, the big thing for me is what happens when we create these, these tournaments for D- division two group B, right? Like what happens is, yeah, you, you get the promotion, you get the relegation that you see in the world of soccer, things like that, but you only get to play against the opponent you're deemed to be worthy of playing against. Right. And right. You, as you work your way up that ladder, when you get to the next wrong, sometimes it's a big swing where more access to seeing what that next rung looks like before you're in front of it. And, and just more hockey time with these, these international sides, I think it only helps. I think it only helps junior hockey in, in a lot of these countries, it only helps the professional ranks when you talk about Europe. And it just adds a little more to the season. Let's just, let's just, we'll put it on the back burner, Dan K show uh, world league is something that we're looking at. The, D- the DK uh, DK universe Small idea, right? Look, Very easy to idea. accomplish.
1: <laughs> no
0: logistical issues <laughs> at all. But I don't know. For me, I just, I always see, we talk about it all the time, like uh, just dealing with what we deal with at the junior ranks. Like people always want to trash growth, right? And we all want to talk about like, growth's a bad thing, growth's a bad thing, can't have too much of it, can't have too much of it, we're we're watering down the product, this, that, and the other thing, but, like, to me, what happens is when we protect against growth so much, when we protect against watering down the product, we in turn water down the product, because we do not provide the opportunity to young athletes, to families, to see what can be, right, And, and this sport kind of, we kind of close the door to some folks, so it's, to me, I still remember being a young athlete and some of the drubbings that I got that made me better. I remember losing by 60 in a basketball game against a team that was much, much better than us. And I still remember the fact that I went for 12 and eight. You know what I mean? Like I almost almost double-doubled against one of the best teams in the tourney. And like, it made me a better player. It made me realize that like, you're not just gonna be wide open on every shot, right? You're not just, the, the game's not just gonna come to you every time. Sometimes you're gonna get outdone. Sometimes you're gonna get beat. And sometimes you're going to get beat bad. Like you obviously don't want that happening. You don't want trouncings each and every time out. But again, I think everything we can do to grow this game is a good thing. Every time you create another portal for opportunity, that opportunity either gets filled or you see that your growth has stopped. I don't want hockey to stop growing. I don't want opportunity to stop growing. I don't want to see the numbers stop growing. I want to continue to see this sport grow until it joins the ranks of the the NBA, the way that they've leaked into basically the the top spot in terms of popularity over baseball. And, you know, I I say top spot in America because the NFL has been there for the last two decades, but NBA's taken over that second spot. Right. And the NHL has an opportunity to do the same thing. Talk about low a ball. We joked about me being in a single a baseball game, because like baseball's figuring it out. Like they've got, they, they're changing, they're reshaping some things like, Right now, there's lines behind second base, right? And it's keeping two fielders on each side at the low A-ball level. They're testing out this stuff. Craziest thing I saw. Ball on the outside corner. Catcher makes the catch, frames it for an extra two seconds. Looks at the umpire. The umpire goes, ball. Turns around says, nope. Points up at the screen. Challenge. A guy, a voice comes over the loudspeaker and goes, the call on the field is overturned. It is strike two. So you look at some of the... (laughs) Yeah, I know. And you look at what baseball is doing at its at its levels like this to grow their game and, and to fix some of the things they think might be broken. It's exciting. It's exciting to see. And for hockey now, I think the one thing that is is broken, quote unquote, when it comes to hockey is just our need to grow it, right? Our need to continue to find the next hockey market. And that's what I think team like groups like the USPHL are doing groups around the country are doing now we're seeing it overseas like just growing this game I'm excited to see where this thing goes and that's where it's where my world junior league comes from
1: yeah I, I like the idea right I, more you we should never be afraid to try and fail certainly you know that's that's kind of how you you keep growing this thing and I mean I I think it's I think it's certainly doable I mean didn't didn't uh didn't Everton play a couple of of non-league games in the middle of their season Let's
0: not bring up soccer. We don't want to lose the fans. But um, yeah, <laughs> just they, as a point,
1: it can be done.
0: Yeah, they did it. They went to Minnesota and they lost to Minnesota United. And, and that's something that's also a problem, right? That's something that you also deal with with the bigger programs too when you talk about a World League and putting teams up. like What it also allows you to do is give more access to more players the opportunity to play for Team Canada or Team USA, right? Yeah it's why the Hlinka Gretzky is one of my favorite events to watch. Like you get more access to it. You get to kind of to lead these guys up the ranks and and show them the ropes and in a national, in an international tournament. I just think more international plays better and you get the chance to, to play a ton of us hockey, or, or maybe, you know, maybe you're the guy who gets a chance for the first time to play against a team that might be a, a group C team, you know what I mean? And and that's an exciting opportunity as well. I I don't know. I, it's it's exciting to see where this thing goes and and for the World Junior event, Lucas, who do you got winning it? Go ahead.
1: Oh boy. I I mean obviously we're all rooting for the US. Let's just get that out of the way. We are all rooting for the US. I put my okay. I put my US hat on. I put I raised my American flag. I am ready to roll for the USA. So However, um know. you know i wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if canada mm-hmm. takes it oh I, th- I thought it was gonna start a finland chant like <laughs> well so that's the thing is like you 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 kind of look at this and i mentioned kind of off the cuff a couple of times the u.s has some some bad memories right some uh some <laughs> some bad experiences there and yeah i i would not be surprised to see the u.s get upset it's just just something about that last game. Something about that last game just didn't didn't inspire the the uh unabashed confidence that I usually have going into to this section of World Junior. So I I, I think Canada might take it.
0: Unabashed con- uh confidence is actually my uh my new book coming out the stores near you, uh Barnes and Nobles. It's uh, unabashed confidence. That's tough to say. I didn't yeah. think it was as hard to say as
1: it was. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. You, you are so unabashedly confident. You only sent it to Barnes & Noble. No online retailers, no, no other box stores, just Barnes & Noble. And I think the problem with the book
0: is that I just printed it from my Xerox and just kind of shipped it out. So it's mostly loose-leaf paper. Mm-hmm. And when I was putting it in the box, it got a little jumbled up. But I told them there's numbers on the bottom of the pages. Don't worry. Just sort it back out.
1: Just put them back together. I included three of those those little brass tabs that you can bend through a, <laughs> through a three-hole punch to be able to put them back together. I love it. But for me, Lucas, I,
0: I think you look at it, Team Canada is, is obviously the favorite in my mind. But I just, there's something about Team USA that they can scrape, they can claw, but they can struggle with, with the likes of Finland and Sweden. They were able to close out Sweden there in the group play. I got to go with Team USA with my heart, but I, I agree with you. I think Team Canada is going to be tough to beat this go around. It's going to be a fun event. We got the quarterfinals today of the IIHF World Junior Championships in August. Balmy, sunshiny August. I'll tell you what. We've got this in August. We've got the World Cup in November. The world's upside down, but we're happy to be playing hockey. Lucas, we get to the closing point here of today's episode. We get towards the end of it. What do you got for the folks?
1: I just hope you're enjoying the world juniors. It's it's fun to see so many young hockey players get a chance to play on the world stage here. You know, uh, there's some more name recognition as, a, as someone from the US for my team. But it, it is a lot of fun to get a chance to watch this. If you're not watching it, today's your chance. Back to back to back to back games all in one day straight ahead. It's not that hard. I mean, let's be honest you sit down for a Sunday at golf. That's 12 hours right there. You that's can right. watch sports for that long. Trust me, you can. So go ahead, tune into the world junior championships. If you're at work, put it on your phone. Although you didn't hear that from us. If you're at home, <laughs> grab a, grab a water because it's August and it's hot. So you got to stay hydrated, drink some water, watch some hockey and enjoy, and make sure to tweet to us at the underscore Dan K show as you're watching all this hockey on Wednesday and hockey through the rest of the tournament. Let us know how you're watching, where you're watching, and what team you're rooting for. For those of you watching in Canada, TSN,
0: for those of you here in stateside land, you can watch on NHL Network all of your quarterfinal, semifinal, and championship matchups. I can tell you this much. The TV folks of the world are probably always rooting for Canada, USA here because it helps with the ratings, right? It puts, puts the eyes on the screens. It is a rivalry. If nothing else, it'll be exciting to see the rest of the way. IIHF World Junior Championships. Let us know who you think is going to win. Tweet to us. Write to us. We thank you to all our partners the NK Show presented by the Pueblo Bulls. Run with the Bulls or run from them as long as you're running. Because they're bulls, Lucas. That's a scary animal. But it's a great hockey team. That's what it's all about. GMU Sport. Fuel the burn. Dan K. Lucas-Jones, we're getting back into shape. Last year, we got pudgy. The year before, pudgier because of bread and quarantine and staying (laughs) home. But guess what? We can no longer be described with words like pudge or soft or belly full of laughter. No, we've got a belly full of protein powder from GMU Sport. Go use USPHL22 at checkout. That's USPHL22 for 22% off your next order of protein powder, creatine, whatever you need to be mean and lean. I don't know if lean and mean was trademarked, so I said mean and lean the wrong way on purpose. Selly Salt, sprinkle a little on your next meal. We thank them and you. You can be a sponsor. You can have an awesome made-up read on the spot from Dan K. or Lucas at the end of your podcast that you listen to with us. How do I do that, Dan? Go to dankesha.com now and reach out for sponsorship opportunities. We're still looking for a few so you can be a part of the team. Thank you to Remastered Sleep, our travel sponsors. And how do they sponsor us? By letting us finally sleep again. I hadn't slept for months before Remastered Sleep. That's not true. I'd slept just not well. Finally stopped my snoring. Lucas has worked with them as well. It is the water bottle of your dreams. Stop snoring with just a sip remastered sleep.com to find out more there. That's Dan K show 2022 at checkout for 22% off. lot a 22% off. That's it. No, you don't get 22% off of this show because it's free for you. The people Dan K show.com when Dan K's on the mic. It's always hockey night.
1: No paywalls, no mercy. <laughs> no
0: paywalls, no mercy. Also
1: product idea and this may oh. be included in the podcast as well when okay. you change it to mean and lean i had a brain blast okay go ahead a combination of that restaurant that's rude to you what that that's like well known but i can't think of the name it's like a chain of restaurants that's purposefully rude to you combine that with the concept behind lean cuisine oh, God. and make mean cuisine it is, a, it is something you can buy in the freezer section. That's <laughs> shaming you into getting healthy? Is that what this no, is? No, it's not healthy. That's the thing. It's regular oh, okay. food in the freezer section. But every time you like unwrap a different section of food, there's an insult on the back of it. Oh. Mean
0: cuisine. I don't like that one. Uh, my idea I like better is, I told you about this, and you didn't even respond. So the text is really worth it. Uh, the circle of friendship. And that is a dolphin in there. It is a golfing mat that cannot just be used on the links, but on the beach. I don't want to release it here just in case you use this in there because it is trademarked by Dan K. Dan K. Show, uh, Circle of Friendship. Um, so you cannot use it, but it's a pretty good idea. And it, it might be coming to a store near you probably in the next 17 years when we get around to it.
1: <laughs> Eventually, you will see it one way or another. At some point. Thank you for listening to the most watched show in junior hockey, The Dan K. Show presented by the Pueblo Bulls for more information about the Danke show head to www.dankehow.com